630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent setting injury lawyers. All right, here's what I can tell you. Late in the third period, about four minutes left, the Hurricanes lead the Rangers 5-3. Hurricanes obviously, oh, it's now 6-3. Pardon me, it's now 6-3 for the Hurricanes leading the Rangers. 4-2, Penguins up on the Blue Jackets with four minutes left. Early in the third, 3-3, Dallas and Detroit. Islanders leading Arizona 3-0. And in the second period, Minnesota leads Chicago. 3 nothing. Coming up later, Florida at Vancouver. Lightning take on Anaheim, and the Blues will meet Seattle. Oilers and Flames right here on 6.30. Chad, tomorrow, face-off show at 6.30. Former Oilers defenseman Tom Gilbert is scheduled to join me as a special guest, and the game will start at 8 o'clock. Ryan Nugent Hopkins split on uh, long-term injured reserve. Mike Smith on injured reserve. And Seth Griffith called up from the Bakersfield Condors, and uh, he's going to be on the taxi squad for the time being. I am very, very happy to welcome this gentleman back to the show. He was on quite a few times during his playing career with the Double E, a 2015 Grey Cup champion, uh, a couple of really fun segments we did in the past. He and fellow offensive lineman Tony Washington came into studio and told stories with me for an hour or so. Tony's back with the team. And this guy, DeAnthony Batiste, has uh, spent the last four seasons as the strength and conditioning coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. DA, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, and you? Glad to be back. Uh, what's up, WE Nation? What's up, Edmonton? I'm just here to give my boy Reed a shout-out, and glad to be back on the show. It's like our reunion. Yeah, this is uh, this is great to talk to you again. Uh, you know, I've kind of uh, I follow you on social media, and I know you're a busy guy and doing great work with the Raiders. It, I got that right, right? It's the last four seasons doing strength and conditioning? Sure am, sure am. So what is – during the season – Tell us a day in the life of a strength and conditioning coach. Oh, my day starts at about 5.30 in the morning. Uh, that's our first workout group. Our guys are in here getting after it. Uh, after that, I try to slip a, a workout in. Then from about 10.15 to about 12.30, I'm on the field with my offensive lineman and defensive lineman. Of course, you know, being a former player, that's my love. So I still go out there and help out the offensive and defensive line, giving them looks, you know, trying to get them ready for the upcoming team that they're going to see. Then after that, uh, we come in, we get another workout in with the post-practice uh, lift group. And then after that, uh, I kind of just take the rest of the day to work out myself and get a little bit of body carrying myself to keep myself in one piece. Okay. So my day usually ends at about 5 o'clock. It's pretty lengthy. Uh-huh. So, so you're at the facility about five to five, and then uh, yeah. I assume you just go home and work out some more. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it kind of worked out really well for me because my office is inside of a gym, so oh. uh, it's hard for me not to get a workout in. So this is literally where I'm at right now. So when when you were nearing the end of your playing days, was this something you you saw on the horizon, or how did this opportunity come about? Uh, I have been. Training NFL athletes since I was about 18 years old. Uh, my predecessor, we've been together since I was about 17, 18 years old. He came, got the job here, and then offered me the job whenever I was in 
the last two years of my contract there in Edmonton in 2018. And I decided, you know what, it's time for me to go ahead and work on my post-career um, job that I always knew I wanted to do. And, and football is always my love. And it's just like me giving back. Work doesn't feel like work, so I'm blessed and fortunate to be able to be happy and show up and come to work every day. And, and I just enjoy what I do. So I knew it was something I could do long-term. You can't play football forever, unfortunately, but at the same time, it's still a great way for me to give back and mentor the young athletes that are coming up behind me. Well, I, I was going to ask you the most rewarding part of the job, but I think you pretty much answered it. Or was there, is there, was there something else you would say, the, the, the most rewarding part of the job? That's the most rewarding part is teaching these guys how to be a professional athlete, how to deal with the the season, the ebb and flows, how to take care of their body, how to train their mind, and trying to just keep these guys in the right path and the right direction. Okay. Now, in terms of the Raiders' season, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, the, the Sunday night. Now, where are you during the games? Are you on the sideline? Are you up in the uh, the coach's box? Where are you? Yes, I'm on the sideline. I'm there uh, pregame. I'm out there stretching the guys, getting their bodies pretty much prepared for the game. Like I said, giving them a couple of looks just in case they need them. And then during the game, I'm there either coaching up my D lineman or I'm over there playing get back coach. So it's one of the two. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So are they get back coach? Get back coach. Can't get over the line. If they get a penalty, that looks bad on us. We can't get penalties for, for coaches oh, and players being right. on the field. Right. So, you know, I'm over there doing the little dance. Okay. <laughs> Which you're good at. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. So the, yeah. fi- the final game of the season is this uh, epic Sunday nighter. The Chargers pull off this incredible drive to tie the game. Like the, right. the, the two, it took like 20 minutes to play the final two minutes. <laughs> then it goes to overtime. <laughs> and you guys win right at the end. And, and, you know, a tie would have put both teams in and Pittsburgh would have gone bye-bye. <laughs> like, what was it like for you being on the sidelines for, for such a wild game? Uh, it, it definitely gave me a few more gray hairs, probably lost a few hairs as well. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm a competitor. I want to win. And at the end of the day, uh, we, we're about winning and doing whatever it takes to win. Ultimately, of course, you know, it changed our mindset like we uh, reported in the past whenever they called the timeout, um, and which allowed us the opportunity to be able to kick the field goal. Uh, but like I said, we're in it to win it. And we were able to pull out that game with a last-second field goal, which put us in a position to be in the playoffs, um, which was more than exciting. And uh, unfortunately, the year didn't end the way we wanted to. But at the same time, I'm just glad we were able to pull it out. I didn't care which, what kind of way we were able to get into the playoffs. I just wanted to win it and get in, so, which gave us a chance to be able to compete in the, uh, in the big show. So. I, I want to ask you about comparing the CFL overtime and the NFL overtime because you guys played some, some exciting overtime games while you were with the green and gold in your seasons here. And it's the shootout format. Both teams get equal possessions. The NFL is different. If you score a touchdown on the first one, that, that team wins. The other team gets the ball. Now, I had Warren Moon on the show a couple of weeks ago. And far be it for me to disagree with Warren Moon. But he said, Reed, if, you, if the team can't get a stop, if they give up a touchdown, they deserve to lose. <laughs> You've played under both formats and witnessed both formats. Uh, do you have a preference, the, the shootout versus what the NFL does? 
I'd rather what the NFL does, honestly. Uh, the first team, was they, they got enough gumption and fortitude to be able to go out there and score a touchdown on the first drive and end it. Hey, I'd rather it be done right there. I, I love the way we do things here at the NFL level. Um, but, of course, I, I, I'll always have a special place in my heart for the way uh, CFL football is played. I've had a lot of great times there. I've had so much fun up there playing. But at the same time, if we can knock them out in the first round, let's get them out of there. Let's go home. Right. <laughs> let's lock them out and go home. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. No, do, you're like you played. You you played here, and obviously you played in the NFL as well. Do you? When you're working with guys, do you tell them stories about your career? Like, are they interested, and are they interested in Edmonton and the CFL at all? They are. They are. And, of course, my route of getting into the NFL, of course, getting my start there in Edmonton, uh, once I kind of tell a couple of guys that story, I, I kind of my, my storytelling ability and I kind of by osmosis wanted to become the most interesting guy in the building. So uh, guys like uh, Marcus Mariota, like they definitely enjoyed hearing my stories. The quarterbacks, they're like, man, you're, you're quite an interesting guy. I hear you have a lot of stories. And I was like, ah, who told you that? And I kind of got to play it down a little bit. But I, I just enjoy mentoring these guys and, you know, just letting them know that if it doesn't happen right away, you know, you got to persevere. And, you got to believe in yourself, and and it and it. I guess it gives those guys a little bit of insight to where you know, for guys that it doesn't come easy to, that it's it's kind of humbling for them to hear that. So I enjoy just, like I said, giving back and mentoring these guys. You know, um, a couple people have said to me over the years uh, that football players in the CFL are small. You know, you're a strength and conditioning coach, and I saw you in person and Tony and Mike Riley and guys like that. And I always say, I'm not sure the guys in the CFL are small. I think the guys in the CFL are big and the guys in the NFL are giants. <laughs> like, is that fair? Or? Exactly. Well, as you know, I mean, the double E has a guy by the name of Matt O'Donnell that I played yes. next to for a long time. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to say that guys in the CFL are small, but I also coached a guy by the name of Trent Brown for a while, and he's a big fella as well. I mean, he came and weighed in at 400 pounds at one point, and like I said, uh, we if we're going to look at averages, averages, yes, up front, the guys are bigger, my defensive line and offensive line by averages, but come on, playing next to a guy like Matt O'Donnell for four years i mean come on that's that says a lot so that's kind of messing up my averages <laughs> right fair enough okay speaking of guys you played with and like i said you and tony came in and did my show in studio a couple times which those were those were so much fun and i was so happy you guys took the time to do that what do you think of tony coming back to uh play here in green and gold uh, congratulations to him i know tony loves edmonton Edmontonians love Tony Washington and the fact that not only is Tony Washington coming back, but we have a great cup winning coach uh, like Chris Jones coming back into the fold and what he brings back to that organization. I mean, what a time to be an Edmontonian. What a time to be an elk. Chris Jones, uh, and you and I talked about him in the past, but I think it's worth revisiting. Um, you know, he's got the resume. He went through the experience of being GM and coach in Saskatchewan, so I think he's going to draw on that now here in Edmonton. And, and all the guys I talked to from those past seasons, including the Great Cup year, um, 
they just talk about his practices and and how together everybody felt and how prepared they felt for the games. Like in your mind, why does he work for so many people as a coach? He's a player's coach. He understands what it takes to get the best out of his players. He understands the dynamics of living in Edmonton. Of course, him being a Tennessee guy, he brings that old school twain to him. And, and he's just, he has a good heart. He has a good soul. And you can tell he cares about you. So whenever you have a coach that not only cares about you, but understands the rigors of being a CFL football player, it's just, it's, it's a match made in heaven. I came in my first year. Um, enjoyed playing for him the second year. We were able to pull it out. And he's just hes just a great, well-rounded players coach. And that's one of his strongest attributes. All right. Look, you work for an NFL team, so I can't ask you to do predictions, obviously. Um, uh-huh. but, but I can ask you... Uh, a little bit about the two AFC games since you guys were on, were on the AFC side. The Bengals knocked you guys out. The Titans are the number one seed. Can you give us a quick mm-hmm. scouting report on those two teams? Uh, the, the Bengals have a great wide receiver at Wintel shoot number one. Um, that guy right there, such a young, talented guy, Joe Burrow, him and that wide receiver they have, they're playing such good synergy. Uh, but come on now, the king of rushing is coming back in Tennessee. It's going to be an exciting game to play. I don't know if he's going to be at 100%, but at the same time, if you look back in that backfield and you see that 6'4", 264-pound running back back there, uh, you're definitely buckling your chin strap, and you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Okay. Bills Chiefs, to me, that's the marquee game this weekend. I don't know if you'll agree. Um I mean, look, Mahomes is on national television all the time, but and the Bills are getting a lot of attention now as as well. Uh, anything you, anything you, that we should watch for in that one? The arms of those two quarterbacks. <laughs> is I that simple? What, <laughs> I tell you what, those guys can they can thread the needle. I've seen some quarterbacks that are talented in my days, but the way that they can create and extend plays by not only stepping up in the pocket, but they can get mobile, they can get out of the pocket, they can run, and they can extend plays. You got one that can throw against his body. You got one that can, you know, almost run at the same speed of a running back and and has been known to get long yardage, you know, rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's... Josh Allen, he's a talented guy. You got Pat Mahomes, talented guy. Both young, up-and-coming players in this league. I say it's going to be an offensive shootout. Those defensive backs better buckle their chin straps because it's going to be a long day. DA, I can't believe I have to say this to someone like you who played on the offensive line. It's not going to come down to the arms of the quarterbacks. It's going to come down to which O-line blocks better. Right, buddy? I would love to say that, but I tell you what, I've seen these guys. I saw Pat Mahomes last week get that ball out so fast. Both of his offensive tackles were beat. One of, I mean, you had, you had one guy, um, yeah, one guy giving the defensive, the defensive end, uh, he gave the offensive tackle a spin move, and the other guy, both offensive tackles were beat, bottom line, and the ball was still out of his hands before they could even get there. 
it's it, it, it's it's a crazy time to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. If you can block for three seconds with those two guys, you stand a chance. <laughs> you stand right on. Okay. <laughs> well, DA, it's it's so great to have you on the show again. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear that you're loving life and working hard and doing very well, and now bringing along the next generation of athletes as the strength and conditioning coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you so much for coming on. All the best, and I hope we can talk again soon. Of course, Reed. Thanks for having me. That is DeAnthony Batiste. We're catching up with him. The former member of the double E football team won the great cup in 2015. A well-spoken guy, as you heard, a ton of energy, passionate about life, passionate about his job, good insight into what he does with the Raiders and also a couple of the games coming up this weekend. We'll take you into the weekend with name the animal next. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, there it is. Uh, Animal by Def Leppard, which means we go into the weekend with the world-famous segment here on Inside Sports. Really the legacy that Kellen and I are going to leave behind for future generations of broadcasters and really radio gold. It is uh, name the animal. Now, if you're new to name the animal, where have you been? First of all, Uh, second of all, here's how it works. Kellen Kennedy goes to the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary located adjacent to the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. And depending on the size and demeanor of the animal, he either brings the animal back into the, uh, into the control room or he leaves it in the animal sanctuary and he records some of its noises. And so now either he's going to prompt the animal to make a noise or he's going to pl- play the noise off, off tape. I have no idea what this is. I- I'm at home in my basement, so if the animal's in the control room, I can't see it. And oh, it is I not in try. the c- control room. It is absolutely not in the control room. Oh, this well, there's, is tape. For, there's a hint for me. Uh, so, th- And then I have to guess... Name the animal. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes people participate by tweeting me, DMing me, texting into the show, which is fine, uh, but you, you cannot win anything. So if you, if you do happen to help me, uh, well, thank you, but it's, it's not a contest. It's, uh, it's a fun and educational segment because education is a big part of this show. That's right, kids. If you Look, a little secret here. If you're a school-age kid, if you don't go to class, but you tell them that you listen to Inside Sports, you'll be fine. You'll still get your grades. Okay, uh, Kellen, let's go. Let's name the animal. Here we go. In three, two, one, let's name the animal. See, they all sound like birds to me, but that's probably not. Are those rats? Uh, they are not rats, no. But you are, they, but you are in the right uh, district. There's some sort of vermin. Are they? Yes. Are they? Uh, is it a bunch of mice? No. Okay, but is it some little mammal? Uh, yeah, they can be quite small. Yes. They they can be quite small. <laughs> so it's a mammal. Uh, is it a beaver? It is not. Is it bigger than a beaver? No, it's way smaller than a beaver. Wait, is it, so is it about the size of a rat? Uh, they can be, or smaller. They can be or smaller. Uh, oh man, I'm struggling here. Is it uh, a? Is it a bat? It is a bat. Yes. It is a, it's a bat. It's a bat. It's a bat. It's a bat, man. <laughs> That's, oh, I'm so happy I got it after. Well, I figured, you know, 
Meatloaf passed away. Today his big album was Bad, out, bad of out of Hell. So it's it's yes. the Bad Out of Hell. Yeah, there we go. That's the specific bat that came out of hell. That's right. We have it at the 630 Shed Animal Sanctuary, along with Nemo and Cheddar and, and all these. And Cheddar, of course. I hope Cheddar is doing okay. Yeah. All right. He's well, fine. there it was. <laughs> Name the animal. Uh, I'd actually... If you're a regular listener, you know this, but for those of you new to name the animal, I did much better than I usually do. Yes. The only one I ever got without any hints uh, and any help. Which still blows the, me the way that the, this was the day walrus. that you got it. Yeah, it was you, the walrus. There, there have shocked been a couple, me with that one. There have been a couple I've gotten quite quickly. Uh, but that no, was that one bat, or was that a uh, what do you call it? Was a bunch several of bats together? It was several bats. I can't remember if it's a brood of bats or what it yeah, is. Yeah, what, what do you call a group of bats? Like with uh, a baseball team? Because <laughs> you know how a crow, it's a crow's. It's called a murder of a murder. Crows. Yeah, it's a colony, a colony of bats. There we go. So that noise was a colony of bats to educate you and take you into your weekend here on Inside Sports. You heard from DeAnthony Batiste, Pat Steinberg. Talked a lot about the Oilers tonight who are back at it tomorrow. 6.30 face-off show game at 8 right here on 6.30 Chet. Big thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, and of course, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Have a great weekend. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.